whether they're three, whether they're 18, you know, I've learned a great deal from all the kids here. And they continue to give me the energy and the enthusiasm and the passion to keep driving and to keep doing this job. And I want to convey that message over to the parents as well, because they don't always see these things that their children are achieving. And so anytime I can come in and just be a little bit of a positive light or share a little bit of a positive moment that we had here at Little Kitchen, I want to share that all. The parents deserve to hear that. The kids definitely deserve to have a space where they can feel free and conquer. A good kitchen produces good food, but a great kitchen brings people together. Welcome to Meet Me in the Kitchen, a podcast inspired by Little Kitchen Academy, exploring the key ingredients to a meaningful life and how they are changing lives from scratch. Here's my dad and your host, Scott Rintoul. If you've been a dedicated listener to this podcast, you've witnessed the evolution of Meet Me in the Kitchen, one that's included an expanded scope of our guest list. Parents and children have become active participants in our conversations, offering their perspectives on Little Kitchen Academy. Throughout the course of detailing their experiences at Little Kitchen, multiple parents have highlighted Peter Nguyen for the positive impression he's made both on them and their children. An instructor at Vancouver's Point Grey location since 2021, Peter was recently promoted to the position of director at Little Kitchen's flagship location. It's just the latest chapter in his lifelong relationship with cooking one that's opened more cupboards, drawers, and doors than he ever expected. One quick update on something you'll hear us talk about in this episode. Peter and his partner have recently welcomed a baby boy into their family, and I'm thrilled to report that everyone is healthy and happy, which is usually the case when this now-proud papa is involved. Let's start with congratulations, because... This is a promotion for you and a very well-deserved one from what I am told. What does it mean to you to be the director of the Point Grey location, the flagship location of Little Kitchen Academy? Yeah, it's very exciting. I'm extremely humbled by this opportunity. I started here at Little Kitchen Academy just under two years ago, and I never would have thought I'd be put in this situation or given this opportunity to direct, manage, and impact the lives of many of the little kids in the lower mainland. I definitely saw myself as, you know, someone who can be kind of like a role player in this city, but never would I have thought to be this sort of impactful character in the food scene and this Montessori inspired model, you know, I'm very excited about what's to come in the future. I'm happy that I'm here at Little Kitchen Academy, you know, a Vancouver-based company, really driven by the community and the passion of the people behind the scenes, you know. So I'm excited about new things to come, and I'm really looking forward to collaborating with not just my peers, coworkers, but other organizations within the Lower Mainland. You know, it's an exciting time, and I'm happy that I'm part of it now. So that's where you find yourself right now. But as you and I both know through lived experience, getting to where we're at right now is very rarely a straight line. And 
best laid plans go to the wayside. So I do want to focus on your journey here a little bit before we get into the present, Peter. I took from your first answer that perhaps you are native to the city of Vancouver. How did this all begin? Take me back. Actually, I was born and raised in Toronto, moved to Vancouver at the tender age of 17. So it was kind of an awkward time for me. You know, I was basically in my last year of high school. And then my parents uprooted us and moved us all the way to the West Coast, hoping for a better quality of life. And, you know, at the time, there was a lot of pushback, of course, because for my sister and I, I have a younger sister, we did establish ourselves with friends, of course. Most of our extended family still live in Toronto and in the greater Toronto area. So we were leaving behind a lot, you know. So this push that my parents made to come out west had a lot of resistance, you know, not just from us, but from our extended family as well, because, you know, we're pretty tight knit. My parents are from Vietnam, North Vietnam, and they immigrated here during late 70s and 80s during the whole boat movement. And so our family, we're really, really close to each other because we don't really have anyone else besides each other. So, yeah, there was a little bit of resistance going into the move. But it worked out royally for everyone. You know, my sister, she now has a family of her own with two lovely young daughters, three and a half and one and a half. Obviously, you know the joys of that. And my parents now, they're kind of living their best life, you know, enjoying this beautiful West Coast weather, not having to endure strenuous winters for months on end. They're, you know, enjoying being grandparents mostly. They've come very far from their original lives in Vietnam. They've lived in Canada now for over 40 years. And so their lives have transformed dramatically. And I've seen the evolution through my eyes. And it's been quite incredible to see the path and the journey that they've taken. And so it kind of drove me and my sister as well to kind of mimic a little bit of that path and to try and persevere and, and show a bit of resilience. So yeah, coming here, high school, you know, it was a bit of a riot, didn't really know anyone. Coming into my grad year, everyone was very cliquey, everyone had established, you know, their friendships and stuff like that. So it was definitely a challenging time for me. But with that being said, it was still pretty easy for me to make friends and transition into this lifestyle. I was big into sports. I'm a very boisterous and social person. So it was easy to connect with people in a lot of ways. I always had food in my back pocket as well, because even as a kid, I was very interested in cooking. I was kind of looked upon as a third adult in a lot of ways, having to, you know, take care of my sister. We're four years apart. I think it's a pretty good age gap. And at least my parents saw it as a good opportunity for them to kind of assign me that third adult role, you know, it was just part of the responsibility of being an older sibling at that time. So yeah, cooking was sort of something that I was trying to do as a kid to support my parents as they were working full time, both of them being hairdressers, both of them owning their own business. So they were putting in a lot of hours during the week and during the day. And so I was kind of having to support them and my sister through those times. And so I ended up starting to cook at a really young age. I think by the time I was like 10 or 11, you know, I would come home. I had the kitchen to my disposal because my parents were still at work. So I would kind of experiment a little bit and try to mimic and try to copy things that they were doing at home. 
a lot of trial and error. There was a lot of made mistakes, you know, a lot of accidentally putting in sugar instead of the salt kind of deal, you know. But through all that, it continued to spark my interest in food. And fortunately, my parents were really supportive in allowing me to do all those things, you know. They weren't going to say, oh, no, 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 don't prepare all that extra food for us, you know. It was a nice relief for them. And so, yeah, they noticed it. And so they tried to support me throughout all that. So going through high school and then into college and stuff like that, I was still able to use food as my weapon to entice people to hang out with me, you know. <laughs> it was one of those things where it's like, hey, I can make that, you know, like, why don't you guys come over and let's get a you know, potluck or something happening, you know? And so my journey really started through food and it continued on into my early adult years. And eventually I went into culinary school at Vancouver Community College, did the 12 month program there. Absolutely enjoyed my experience there. Wouldn't trade it for anything. As soon as I was done, my time at VCC I was offered a job opportunity to work full time at the Sun Place Hotel really gained a lot of experience through there, worked different positions, try to move around in the hotel because there's a lot of things happening in hotels. You can work breakfast, lunch, dinner, you can do banquets, you can be a server and do butchery, pastries, all that stuff. So I tried to dabble into each one of those departments just to see where my niche was, like where it was that really sparked my interest. So I did that for a few years, really enjoyed my time. But the hours were just exhausting. You know, I was doing 12 hour days during peak seasons. And that was kind of the given in that industry. You know, you, you weren't given an opportunity to complain about those things because everyone else around you was doing the same hours, putting in the same effort. So it was really tough. I was still in my mid to late 20s and early 30s at the time. So I still had quite a bit of energy in me, but I could see that this kind of work is not sustainable, you know, at least for the long term. If I was going to continue this for another 15 or 20 years, by the time I reached my mid 40s, you know, I would have burnt out right away. Like I would have been left with no fumes at that point, you know. So I knew that there's got to be some sort of a shift. And I didn't know what that was because for me, all I knew was working in hospitality, working in restaurants going through that grind, there wasn't another vision for me. And then a good friend of mine, Paul Taylor, he was the executive director at Gordon Neighborhood House, which is located in the West End of Vancouver. And he was gracious enough to give me an opportunity to work as the chef at the Neighborhood House to help develop a sort of sense of a food community in the West End. I didn't realize this, but in the West End, there's a really high concentration of seniors that live in that community. And a lot of them, you know, obviously living in co-op housing and using their pension and their fixed income to kind of supplement their food and their living expense and all that stuff. So a lot of what I was doing at Gordon Neighborhood House was to help support seniors who were food insecure and not just seniors, but a lot of the families and newcomers into the country that were living in that area. So at Gordon Neighborhood House, we were kind of helping support a lot of that. And it kind of opened my eyes to this new sector of food. You know, I never thought of diving into the social aspect of food. So I was introduced to that and started uh, doing a lot of community kitchen work, not just helping out seniors with their meals, but also 
developing meal plans for the families and providing a space for newcomers to come in and introduce them to some Western foods and ingredients and trying our best to kind of assimilate them to the environment. So I did a lot of work at Gordon Neighborhood House. It was a great time for me. I kind of had the autonomy to do what I want as long as it kind of abided to the food philosophy and their core values. And so I was there for about five years. And then again, felt pretty exhausted because, you know, a lot of people need you. There's a lot of need for food, especially adequate, nutritious food, you know, not just pantry stuff that gets donated to you. So, you know, sourcing those kind of things, collaborating with local farmers, the food bank, you know, it became very, very exhausting for me. So again, I was looking for a new opportunity and then COVID arrived. And so that kind of had to take a back seat for a little bit, which was a blessing in disguise in a lot of ways, because, you know, I'd put in probably 12 years of really aggressive work in the kitchen, whether it be in the hotel, whether it be at the neighborhood house or doing side gigs and stuff like that. You know, so COVID really gave me an opportunity to sit down, look at my options, you know, weigh them out and see what the next course of action was going to be. So with that, I decided to go back to school, actually. I went back to Douglas College and decided to enroll myself in child and youth care because I always enjoyed working with children, enjoyed the opportunity of working with youth. And so I thought, okay, why not go back to school, learn a little bit, educate yourself a little bit, see where that can take you. And during my time at school, I saw an ad for an opportunity to work in the kitchen with kids. There wasn't really a header or anything. It didn't really say much about it. I thought it was kind of a fake ad, but I submitted my resume hoping the best. And sure enough, the next day, I get a call from Little Kitchen Academy asking me for an interview. We do it up. We get the interview done. Funny enough, I did the interview in my car because I was just getting off a shift at work. And it was about two in the afternoon. And Katie was like, well, we'd really like to talk to you. And I said, well, I only have this small window here between two and three. Is it okay if we do it in my car? And she's like, yeah, no, totally. Let's do it. So we had a very quick 30 minute interview. Things went pretty well on my end, I felt. I didn't expect to get a call back right away, but I think the following day they actually called me back and asked me to come in and do some shadowing shifts and check out the environment. And now we're here at that point, 2023, newly appointed director's role, you know, starting as a chef instructor at Little Kitchen Academy. And here I am now, director at the flagship. So it's quite the journey that, that I've taken. I know that there's many, many people that can share this similar story, even a lot of my colleagues from the past. So I feel very fortunate that I started as, you know, a student of cooking at home and then eventually went to school and then worked my way into different settings at the hotels, the community kitchens and stuff like that. And now here at Little Kitchen Academy, for me, it's almost like a bit of a storybook, a fairy tale in a lot of ways, you know, because I'm now living what I've really wanted to do most of my life, you know, I've always wanted to work with kids. I've always wanted to work with food. I know the importance of having that relationship with food at such a young age. I was really lucky that when I was super young, I was already exposed to many different flavors, many different ingredients. So my relationship with food has always been positive. 
And I always wanted to share that with everyone else, you know, that excitement and just those opportunities to go out and try different things, you know? So we live in such a great city and such a great country where we have those opportunities to try flavors and try spices from all around the world, you know? So I relish in it and I hope I can continue on with this and give everyone else that same opportunity to enjoy and feel passionate about food. Well, you feel lucky to be a part of Little Kitchen Academy. I know that feeling is mutual from those who are at Little Kitchen Academy. They feel so blessed to have you be a part of it. And from a simply scholastic or academic standpoint, it makes a lot of sense with your culinary background and then enrolling yourself to work with children as well. But I actually want to touch on two things you mentioned. You mentioned moving as a teen and having to fit in with a new group. And you also mentioned your parents' open approach to food and exploration in the kitchen. How do those two things inform your approach with the students at Little Kitchen Academy? Because I hear rave reviews about you with teenagers specifically. Yeah, I mean, you know, the fact that I had to like move in my final year of high school, you know, I was obviously really bitter about it in the beginning. I was leaving a lot of friends that I had known from elementary school. I was leaving a great high school as well in Toronto. So, you know, there was a lot of resentment, a lot of bitterness. But through all that, I always had the kitchen as my sanctuary to kind of realign myself and kind of steer my focus away from that negativity. You know, I always found refuge in the kitchen, even if it meant like just making myself breakfast or doing a little bit of prep work or even like cleaning the kitchen, you know, those type of things for me, I was able to find such refuge in all that. And so I think when I made the move as a teenager, I always had that available to me. And not everyone has a kitchen available to them. You know, we live in a time now where, you know, there's housing crisis. You know, kids don't always have that opportunity to be involved in the kitchen. And so I was always fortunate to have that. And I wanted the kids here at Little Kitchen Academy to really embrace those opportunities as well. I know for a lot of the teens that come into our program, um, don't always have the opportunity to have a full kitchen to their disposal. They may have the opportunity to be in the kitchen, but maybe not to experiment, explore. And so here at Little Kitchen, I want them to really gain that autonomy and agency. You know, they deserve it because they have everything in their toolbox to succeed. And sometimes it's not always in front of them, you know, so at Little Kitchen Academy, we try to put those tools in front of them and see if they're able to embrace it all. And for the most part, they do. You know, they come in and they're wowed by our environment. You know, they have a whole station to themselves. They have all the tools plus more that they would not normally have in their homes. You know, even for the teens, when they open up the drawers, the secret drawers, they'll find tools that they've never seen before the cherry pitters, the microplanes, even the baby whisks and stuff like that, you know, things like that they've never seen before. So I love seeing that excitement and I love that enthusiasm that they bring, you know, even though they're coming in, they might be a little bit timid, you know, a little bit self-conscious about what's going to happen. But I think just the fact that they come into our environment and really take that chance, you know, I want to make sure that when they enter the space, they feel as comfortable as they can. They feel like they're at home. The way that I approach them, I hope that 
it comes in a, a very warming and welcoming and inviting kind of tone. And also, it's really helpful that how we've created our space, you know, there's nothing really to distract the children from anything. There's nothing really to divert their focus, you know, everything is in front of them, you know, so they're free to kind of explore with curiosity and creativity. As for my parents, the fact that they allowed me to explore in our kitchen and dabble with all the different ingredients, you know, I don't know if it was so much that they trusted me or that it just kept me occupied, you know, I was quite a handful as a child. Uh, I was very high energy, extremely chatty. You know, there was a lot going on. I was enrolled in a lot of extracurriculars as well. So I think the fact that having the kitchen at home and always available for me, I think they just saw it as an opportunity to keep me occupied, to be honest, because they were constantly working and they were busy all the time. So I think the last thing they wanted to do was make sure that I was not damaging the home or creating havoc around the house. So yeah, the kitchen was that. And they were like, hey, he seems to be doing fine in the kitchen. So let's let it be. And yeah, I'm very happy that they were open to that idea because it has now led me to a career in cooking and a career in this Montessori model. Well, now you have your own kitchen. And of course, you work in a kitchen on a daily basis. So it seems like the most obvious time to ask the question we ask every single guest on this podcast. Peter, what is the one ingredient that is always in your kitchen and why? Oh, for me, that's an easy answer. Curiosity, for sure, is my key ingredient when it comes to being in the kitchen. I love the fact that we can, you know, really explore our palate, really test our taste buds, and really use our instincts to try and cook. You know, I always say that we all have it in ourselves to cook and to do all these things. You know, we just have to have a little bit of guidance and we need a space to do that. Yeah, I love here at Little Kitchen Academy that we open those opportunities for our students to explore their curiosity. We allow all our students to try all the ingredients, of course, unless it's raw egg, then, you know, it's a big no-no. But most of the kids are okay with that as well. When they see the raw egg, they normally don't want to <laughs> take a spoonful of that. But curiosity has always been, even up to now, I, I still use that ingredient every day when I'm cooking. We live in a great world and we live in a great country and city where we can explore curiosity from end to end, whether it's in the Point Grey area where we have a lot of really wonderful restaurants and specialty markets around here. Granville Island is not far from here as well. So I go around to the market and explore all the different ingredients and, you know, ask questions as well. Because every time I go to the market, I always see something that I've never recognized before. And I love that. I love learning about these things and understanding where they're rooted from and potentially using it for future recipes and even potentially bringing it into the environment and allowing the kids to explore those as well. Because, you know, at home, they might not have those opportunities or mom and dad might not fancy the idea of getting, you know, date syrup or something like that, you know? So if we can open up those doors and scratch that curiosity itch, I'm all for it. I think it's wonderful. You know, when kids are curious, it really allows them to explore their limits in a lot of ways, you know? So curiosity always in the kitchen, no matter what, it's always there. It's one of the wonderful things about children is they are curious by nature. And it seems only as we get older and start to put up barriers or worry about impressions around us, 
that we become less curious, but that certainly hasn't happened to you. And it fits in so well with the approach and the mission at Little Kitchen Academy. Why do you feel so connected to what Little Kitchen Academy is trying to do, Peter? I love the values that we kind of go under here at Little Kitchen Academy. Firstly, being a Montessori-inspired environment really opened my eyes to a different type of learning. I didn't grow up in a Montessori environment, nor was I familiar with the concept. So really seeing how that setting has played a huge role in this environment and the growth of our students, it's really opened my eyes to seeing how we approach things differently. I love that we allow the children to come here and gain a lot of that agency for themselves. I think they love it, you know, like they come in here and they feel completely free. It's not chaotic as well, you know, you think they'd come in here and it'd be like a big playroom of excitement, but it isn't at all. You know, they, they come here, they're really well conducted. Even the three to five year olds, they come in and they know when they come in here, it's going to be a good opportunity for them to learn. Yeah, Little Kitchen Academy has been great for my personal growth, just seeing how refined a space could be. You know, we have the living wall right behind me here, which is something that I've never been a part of. I've never been in an environment where we have a living wall where the children can come in and actually observe the different growth stages of plants, the fresh herbs that they can use to harvest for their ingredients. And even like just having our pantry as well, it's completely open for everyone to see the kids come in, they look at all the different spices and they say things like, like, I recognize those things, you know, I see mom and dad use that exact same spice. And so it gives them a lot of comfort as well, knowing that the things that we use is stuff that they also use at home. So they can be comfortable knowing that we're going to be doing things that you're familiar with. Well, that living food wall seems to combine two things that you're very comfortable with. You've expressed how comfortable you are with food and have been from a young age, but I did get a note that you have a lot of comfort in gardening and building gardens as well. Is that a part of your past? A little bit. I mean, not so much now because I've been living in a condo apartment building for a couple of years, so I don't really have that opportunity. I used to do a little bit of it as a child. Actually, my parents, they grew quite a lot of vegetables in their backyard. We always had tomatoes, cucumbers, fresh herbs, mint, basil growing in our backyard. And then we also had an apple tree that eventually was converted into a tree house. But we did have those things growing up. It was also surrounded by a lot of newcomers and immigrants to the country. So our neighbors were also growing an abundance of things, you know, squash, winter melons, green beans. So if there were things that they had that we didn't, there would be an exchange of goods and services and stuff like that. So that kind of like supported my relationship with food as well, you know, seeing it from seed to flower, eventually to the fruit itself. And, you know, I would go and pick those things and try it out for myself. A lot of times it was either, you know, too bitter, too sour, or, you know, a little bit too mushy, but I was fine with it. You know, I enjoyed all those like complex flavors in my mouth, you know, and it helped me understand like what, I enjoyed what I didn't enjoy, the different stages as well. But yeah, gardening, you know, I, I wish that I could do more of it. When I was at Gordon Neighborhood House, we grew a lot of our own produce as well to help 
supplement a lot of our recipes and our menu. And so being there, I did have the opportunity to do some gardening there. But the, the last few years, it's been a struggle to find time to do gardening. But I'm always up for getting my hands a little dirty and getting in there and harvesting and do some foraging and stuff like that as well. So, yeah. Now, I know you haven't listened to every single episode of the podcast to date, but I can tell you, because I've been involved with each and every one of them, your name has come up multiple times. And it's when I have talked to parents and they have raved about their experience with you in dealing with them at the door on the way in and out, but also about what their children have said about you. And in some cases, how you've helped transform their child's relationship with food and the kitchen. When you get that feedback, how does that make you feel, Peter? Oh, man. Well, obviously, you know, that's the end goal for me. I always want not just children, but I want everyone, even adults alike, to have that passion and have that relationship with food, you know, because when it comes down to it, I always say, you know, our lowest common denominator is food. You know, we could be coming from different parts of the world. We could have different faiths. We speak different languages, but if we're able to sit down at a table and break bread, I think that solves and that helps a lot of our causes. And so I always try to bridge that gap when it comes to parents, with kids, with the students, you know, because when it comes down to it, one of the best feelings is at the end of the day, you know, you come home and you sit at the table and share a meal with your family or your loved ones could be, you know, even your roommates, your cats, your dogs, stuff like that. There's no better feeling than that, you know, because it's an opportunity for you to really be yourself. You can let your hair down, you can put your feet up a little bit. You're sharing things that was done by love, you know, and as cheesy and as cliche as it sounds, you know, I think those things are extremely important. And so when I speak to the parents, I love being able to express how well it's been to have their children in our environment because every child brings a different perspective, another unique opportunity, whether they're three, whether they're 18, you know, I've learned a great deal from all the kids here and they continue to give me the energy and the enthusiasm and the passion to keep driving and to keep doing this job. And I want to convey that message over to the parents as well, because they don't always see these things that their children are achieving. They're not in the environment with them. And it could be little things, you know, even for the three-year-olds, when they're able to like find that little whisk, when they've been looking through the secret drawer, there's like 15 items that they have to try and scavenge through. And when they find that little whisk, it's a huge victory, you know? Parents don't see that. And those things are great confidence boosters too, because after they found that whisk, they mixed everything together and that whole lesson just transformed them into like an actual chef. And so to share those moments with the parents and really articulate how important those momentous moments were, you know, I love being able to share those things. And so anytime I can come in and just be a little bit of a positive light or share a little bit of a positive moment that we had here at Little Kitchen, I want to share that all. The parents deserve to hear that. The kids definitely deserve to have a space where they can feel free and conquer. And yeah, it's been extremely humbling that people recognize what I've been doing and the efforts that I've been putting forth because 
I do this because I want to, you know, I'm not trying to gain notoriety in any matter. You know, I just want all of us to have the opportunity to excel and flourish in life. You know, I was always given the green light, at least in the kitchen, to do what I want at a young age. So we can all like grow up and have at least a great relationship with food. I think that's always going to be a good start for everything. It certainly seems like you are achieving that based on the feedback that I've gotten and just my sliver of what I do with Little Kitchen Academy and some of the people I've interacted with. And I know this is putting you on a spot because in two years, you will have compiled a lot of stories, but you've had this impression on so many. Is there a story that stands out in your mind, a child, teenager, whoever it happens to be, that has really impacted you and that you carry with you? Something that fills your cup, Peter. That's a tough one. Yeah. You know, I've seen hundreds of kids walk through this door and each one of them, they put a huge smile on my face, whether it's from them thanking us for the job that we've done, whether it's them running to their caregiver and showing them what they've made, you know, or, you know, just the fact that they've come into our environment and really given us an opportunity to work with them. It's tough for these kids to come into this environment and kind of be themselves, you know, they're very vulnerable, super subconscious about everything, especially the teens, you know, they come in here and they're like, you know, they're very kind of serious, stoic, you know, trying to act pretty cool. But once that ice gets broken, man, it becomes a riot in here. It's almost like they've been buds for like the whole year, you know, so. Okay, so one story that kind of sticks out in my mind, we recently had a teen come in here, I believe they're like 18 years old. And they came into this program not knowing anything about cooking. I remember watching them trying to peel a carrot or a potato or something, and they didn't know how to use the peeler. It was a huge eye-opener because I kind of took it for granted that these things were just something that we assumed people knew how to use. You know, it's one of those sort of basic tools that at a young age, you kind of learn how to use. And this individual was struggling to use it. And so I had shown them how to use it. And from there, the green light had just lit and they were like, oh my goodness, okay, it's that simple. So just from that right there, I could see that their confidence skyrocketed, you know, because in the beginning they're like, oh, I can't do this, I can't do this. You know, they were very, very nervous. So being patient, giving them that opportunity to explore the tool, to see if there's any way to use that tool. And then finally I intervened, showed them how to use it, and then from that point on, I could see that everything else became much easier for them, you know, and then they continued coming for months. I think they came back to the classes for three months in a row. The amount of growth that I saw from this individual was amazing. Like they first came in not knowing how to use a vegetable peeler. At the end of our third month, they were chopping without looking at their hands. You know, I wouldn't recommend that, but, you know, that's the confidence that they had. They felt like now I'm at this point where I don't even need to like really have that support, that guidance. You know, seeing that was quite incredible because just in that short period, we saw an individual go from really, really almost no kitchen education to now you can almost rely on them to make a meal for themselves and for their family. And I remember sharing this with their mom. Even at home, mom was saying, now he corrects me how to use the knife all the time, you know? So 
I have to listen to him now and it's a little bit demanding, but I appreciate the fact that he's being safe and he's teaching me how to use this tool correctly. So it was nice to see that, you know, observe that actual growth, but to hear it from his mom at home, he's actually replicating what we've taught him at Little Kitchen. And so to me, that really sticks out in my mind because even at that age, you know, some people think like 17, 18, yeah, they're maybe too old now. You know, I don't know if I could really teach them new tricks. In that three month span, they learned so much and it was incredible to watch that growth. And, you know, that's like what we're here for. You know, there was no judgment. There was no sort of like, oh man, this is going to be quite the project. You know, I hope that we make a breakthrough, but with a lot of effort, with a lot of patience and the fact that they continued to come in on a weekly basis, you know, they weren't deterred by their own personal barriers. You know, the fact that they continued coming in was a huge step. And so those are the things that I absolutely relish and I enjoy. And those are the things that, you know, really what I'm about, you know, I want to make sure that these kids have the best opportunity for themselves moving forward, you know, whether gaining that food relationship, gaining experience in the kitchen or just, you know, having fun overall, because ultimately, you know, we're just trying to make sure they have a positive experience. And so that's really the, the one story that sticks out to my mind the most. Well, it sounds like you've been able to witness a lot of these moments as a teacher. I know as a parent, when you get to see it in your own child, it is a momentous occasion, as you referred to it earlier. And that sounds like something that's going to happen for you very soon. I congratulated you at the opening. I'm going to congratulate you again, because I know you're going to be a father soon. How much have you thought about what this experience is going to be like and what you've been doing for the past couple of years and, and even beyond that is going to influence you as a parent? Yeah, thanks for that. Congratulations. Yeah, my partner and I, we're expecting very soon now. Actually, our expected due date is June 30th. So any moment now, our family will be whole. But I've thought about this quite a lot. You know, the impact that I make on these children is obviously going to influence the way that I parent and influence the way that I see my child. And again, yeah, I want to allow the same opportunity that I was given as a child to explore my curiosity, to really home into different settings and try to, you know, find a place that makes me happy. I'm constantly thinking about how I'm going to relate this to my child in the future. I'm hoping that I share that same patience that I've shown all my kids in our classroom. You know, I know there could be times where that gets tested, but I have a great support at home. My parents are always around for that. My sister, she has two young, lovely daughters, as I mentioned. And so she's going to be a huge support for me. I'm going to lean on her quite a bit. My partner, she's got an amazing family. She's a Filipino background. So they have not only great values, but you know they have a great sense of family as well. And so, yeah, those are opportunities I'm really looking forward to. I can't wait for the time that I can enroll my own child into Little Kitchen Academy and allow them to explore this environment and see if I can mimic some of that at home as well. You know, it's going to be a challenge. Hopefully there's not too much pressure that I put on my child to excel in the kitchen. Obviously, it's going to be tough for me because I'm super biased and I only want the best for not just my child, but for everyone. I'm really looking forward to being in the kitchen and developing that relationship. You know, I love 
that food bridges the gap and connects us to everything. And so hopefully I can do that with my own family and succeed in that. Now, will you be singing the instructions to your child when you're taking him or her through that? Or will you only leave that for work? I understand that you like to sing your instructions every once in a while. Yeah, actually, you know what? It's not going to change. I'm going to be singing all day, all day, all night. That's for sure. I don't have the greatest singing voice. I know that already. I have a boisterous voice. It helps me, you know, get my message across sometimes. But yeah, I definitely will be singing at home. I sing at work. I sing in the car, sing in the shower. My partner, she also loves to sing. She doesn't sing ingredients though, you know, and recipes. She sings famous Whitney Houston songs and stuff like that. But that's okay, you know, we got to change it up just so that we're not overloading on too many things. But, you know, to keep it whimsical, to keep it kind of light, you know, the kitchen can be very hot at times, especially if, you know, you're heavy deep in the summer and the oven's on and stuff like that, you know. So to try to keep the environment nice and light, you know, singing has been great for me. I know that the kids don't always appreciate my voice, but, you know, I try to keep it as whimsical as I can. I always ask them as well, like, hey, if you don't like my voice, maybe you should start singing so that you don't have to hear mine as often, you know. Sometimes they take that opportunity to do it, you know. Other times they'll just continue on with their work, which is totally fine with me. But singing, dancing, it's going to continue on. It's never going to end. Unless I lose my voice or I break my hip. And even then, I'm going to still try. <laughs> Do you want to drop a few lyrics right now? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I, I need to have an audience <laughs> for that to happen. <laughs> I understand completely. I get that. I do want to ask, are you just making up the songs and the tunes as you go, or do we have some influences? You said Whitney Houston influences your partner. Do you have some musical influences, Peter, that make their way into Little Kitchen Academy? You know, sometimes I try to bring out my inner, you know, Celine Dion or my inner Brian Adams, you know. But to be honest, I see the ingredients and then I try to make a funny song out of it. You know, if, if I see an apple, I'll just try and come up with words or use different words that rhyme with apple, you know, the colors and stuff like that. So it's all improvised. It's all made up on the fly. You know, a lot of the lyrics don't make sense. The way that I explain some of the ingredients sometimes doesn't make sense, but I'm just trying to keep it as light as possible. You know, the kids are here for three hours. So part of what we do is to try and entertain them as well, you know, not just to educate them, but to entertain them while they're learning. And so I find that to be a wonderful tool for myself, at least. And sometimes it sticks, you know, I've heard kids leaving the environment, hymning and hawing the tune that I was singing to you earlier, you know, and it sometimes it sticks, you know, and so sometimes it works. Oftentimes I'm told to be quiet, but you know, it's never going to stop me. That's for sure. Peter, this has been a wonderful conversation. I've really enjoyed getting to know you a little bit over our time. Thank you very much for doing this. All the best to you and your family, which is about to grow larger and all the best, of course, with the children that you'll be overseeing for months and years to come at Little Kitchen Academy. Thank you so much, Scott. I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you for uh, yeah inviting me to the podcast. I look forward to hearing it, and I look forward to the rest of my time here at Little Kitchen Academy. Meet Me in the Kitchen is curated and produced by Toolkit Content. You can find more information about Little Kitchen Academy, including classes, locations, employment, and franchise opportunities at littlekitchenacademy.com.
What's the one ingredient that's always in your kitchen? 